Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift. Just me, LRE today. Benji's traveling from, I don't know where he's traveling. Man's on the move at the moment. And we've got the World to First Rest Day recap just to let you know about the GC standings going into that first rest day. Avon Apollo leading mass by 112, 153 ahead of Roglic. Rodriguez on 2.33 in fourth, three seconds out of Ayuso on fifth. Yates there, inconspicuous but dangerous in sixth on 3.08. Almeida lost a lot yesterday on Pereres. He's on 4.32 in seventh. Lopez, who we've barely seen at all, is on uh, is in eighth on 5.03. And Hindley's on 5.36 in ninth. And Sivakov lost a lot yesterday too on 5.39. So a lot of riders between five and uh, six minutes from eighth until 15th. There's about seven riders on that uh, gap. Even Menkes has come into GC for top 10 a little bit too, but we've had a lot of the hard mountain stages already. What I wanted to talk about today, there's the TT tomorrow. Remco Evenvold's the favorite for it. I think he will win the stage and take more time on on everybody, evidently. Um, what I want to talk about today is Movistar and Spanish cycling. It is the Vuelta after all. Uh, and we've got an interview coming up with Sergio Rodriguez, who was a rider for Uskadi Murias. He's now uh, a cycling trainer. He also is a contributor to Alcola del Peloton, which is one of the biggest Spanish-language cycling podcasts but there's been a lot going on with Movistar. There was El Dia Menos Pensado, the Netflix series, where they got a lot of criticism or mocked because they opened their doors and people you know, saw this function, which is not unique to them. It happens with all cycling teams, but they were the only ones maybe to put it on full display like that, which made the series very successful. Uh, but the outer pressure this year has been the World Tour relegation battle, which I haven't done any dedicated sort of podcasts to here but there's been a lot on lanternrouge.com.au by oh, fortnightly updates there's also the daily tracker uh and i can see on the, the statistics of that in august the majority the largest country going to the lanternrouge.com.au website is spain for an english language website so there's huge interest in movistar in the relegation battle if you don't know only World Tour licenses are on a three-year cycle. That cycle is up, and 2023 is the start of a new three-year cycle from 23 to 25. Only 18 licenses for World Tour will be issued, so it isn't technically relegation. Your license just doesn't get renewed, but let's call it relegation and promotion. Arkea and Alperson are pro teams who have applied for World Tour and they and the World Tour relegation and promotion is decided by a three-year triennium ranking, which has all their UCI points from the last three years, from their top 10 rider from each of those years. It's incredibly complicated. There's a how-to or there's an explainer role did on at the start of the year on the website. Um, but 
long story short, Movistar are in trouble. Valverde hasn't scored as many points this year as he might have in previous years. Enric Maas, they've been on a bit of a downward slide since the departure of Landa, Carapaz and Quintana, but they've had a down year this year too with Maas crashing out of Terreno Adriatico when he was in very good shape on the Carpeña stage following Bill Bowen descent. He crashed in the Basque Country stage. I'm not sure who he was following there. He would have... He didn't DNF, but he went finished in ninth on GC. He was going to finish in the top fifth on GC. So he's not even in their top five point scorers, which he would be expected to be. Now, that might change if he can hold on to second or even fourth in the Vuelta. And it's been interesting to see, and he spoke about this in the press conference interviews today, how there is pressure on him to kind of be defensive, which is how... He's been portrayed as a very defensive rider, but he wants to go for the win. He's come second in the Vuelta twice now, last year and in 2018 on Quickstep. But if he risks the podium, if he goes from second to fifth, trying to get to first, even if he's there's a 5% chance of going to first, he loses a lot of potential points for Movistar. And they're only, as of recording, 300 points ahead of Lotto, who will score barely any points in the Vuelta, but will score a lot in the Belgian semi-classics that, seem to be on every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Arno de Lee keeps scoring. Or Britannia Classic, he scored like 250 points at yesterday, which is a World Tour one-day race. So 300 points is not very much, given that one result like that, a second in a World Tour race, like a Quebec Classic or a Montreal Classic, that can close the gap in a single race. Uh, now, obviously, Mass needs to – he'll hold on for GC, and he only gets those GC points at the end of La Vuelta. So, Movistar are in big trouble or at risk. They're only 50 points behind Bike Exchange, 100 points behind EF. It's incredibly tight. Israel looked pretty much uh, out of it. But I wanted to get Sergio on the podcast to discuss with someone like, why is there so much pressure on Enric Mass? Why – and also – subjectively speaking, anecdotally, just looking at Twitter and things like that, it seems to me that the Spanish fan base of Movistar is quite critical of the team, which is a good thing in moderation. There's other fan bases of other teams, won't name any names, but any criticism, even valid, even constructive, they're like, "Mm, maybe maybe Bruno Armirel was a good enough rider to go to the Tour de France, the French national time trial champion. Uh, that's there's No criticism is allowed of those teams. So, But this with Movistar, it seems to have boiled over. This year we see that the car has almost been chanted at, one of Raul's articles, people chanting about them being relegated. And after Aaron Brew won Tour de Limousin, a 2.1 race, which brought a decent haul of points, they tweeted, believe in this team, like trying to rally support uh, behind them. Because at the end of the day, I don't think any Spanish fan wants to see their only World Tour team get relegated. And it's kind of not Enric Mas. I mean, I think Enric Mas should be lauded. I mean, I'm sure maybe... The way he and Miguel Angel Lopez worked together could have been better in the Vuelta and Tour de France last year. But at the end of the day, the guy got COVID in the Tour. He said he had literally terrified during descents, which, you know, one can sympathize with. And yet three weeks later, he's lining up at the Vuelta, battling out for second, going <laughs> some sketchy descents, 
trying to save their license. So people did rally around him, though. There was an incident with a fan, which we'll get into with Sergio, where the fans were heckling him and just a lot of built-up pressure. So often we maybe focus on uh, certain teams or the biggest teams uh, in the world to Movistar is one of them. So something I'm trying to do more of is really focusing on all the teams and maybe have someone who's following them day to day come and talk about it. So here's the interview with Sergio. As I said, former writer for Uskadi Murias, and you can find him on Twitter in the link description as well. But before we get into that, mention our show partner, Zwift. Zwift Academy is back for 2022. Registration is open now. Whether you're aiming for a pro contract like Jay Vine or Neve Bradbury or are just looking to kickstart your fitness with some structured sessions, Zwift Academy will help you get fitter and have more fun on the bike. There are six workouts to complete, either solo or in group workouts with baseline rides to compare your progress. That's Zwift Academy. In all seriousness, check it out. I'm here with Sergio. Now we're going to have a bit of a Spanish sort of section of the podcast on the rest day. It is La Vuelta after all. And I just want to ask, is Enric Mas outperforming expectations of what you thought at the first rest day for this Vuelta, sitting in second place behind Avonapol? And do you think Movistar are pretty happy with where he is right now? Uh, hi, Patrick. Uh, no, Enric Mas is, is, is in a sh- good, good shape. It's uh, very strange because he had a very complicated uh, to the France, like we saw on TV. And he he came from this vuelta with a lot of uh, questions in his mind, no, about the the climbs and the distance. And uh, we asked him just before the the vuelta, and he told us that he's gonna race day by day. And for me, another thing for everyone, also for Movistar, is a it's a surprise that uh, he's very very close to Renko Venepool every day. And being in second position in the GC in, in today, in the first on the second rest day, the first in in Spain. It's crazy because it's not just that he's kind of doing pretty well. He's in like his best ever shape, just about because Ramco's climbing performances are crazy. I can't believe how well Mas is doing after. I think he got sick. Was he? Did he have COVID in the tour? He pulled out. Was he sick? I know he had the descending problems, but I swear he was sick as well. Yes, he, he had COVID and he went home, but I think the the problem of a remass is his mind, no? He has mind problems and he has been working with uh with he told us with professional of the of the sport, but uh, I think he's he's working with with psychologists and I'm trying to to be with low pressure that I because I think the the worst problem for for him is is himself and his mind. And yeah, the the pressure is huge on him at the moment this year in particular. Not just like there's always pressure for the GC, a Spanish GC leader for Movistar to get a good result in the Tour and especially La Vuelta. But this year, it's the points. Uh, there's like this double pressure for the from the relocation battle. But before we get to that, I want to discuss a really weird incident that happened the other day, which you might the listeners might not have seen or heard of in the English media. After one of the stages, I think in the Basque Country, 
um, I can't remember which stage it was. There was an incident. I'll play it now and see if you can, just so you can hear what was said in Spanish and we'll get Sergio to actually tell us what was said. Yo, yo te llamo paquete. ¿Y tú que eres tonto o qué? Pues soy tonto, ¿por qué? ¿Por qué? ¿Por qué? ¿Por qué? ¿Por qué? ¿Por qué? I'm gonna try to, to explain that uh, <laughs> yeah, what it was, was it? in yeah it was in La Guardia in the fine in the I think it was on Tuesday last the Tuesday the stage yeah rolling stage and he did third in the in in this stage no in the final climb short climb and after the stage uh, one fan for for Telimina because it's, it's not Rick much fan obviously. Uh, told him that he he was very bad cyclist. No, in Spanish he said paquete. It's like uh, you are very bad doing something, and and we must uh, as well stop with the fan and and as well him that uh, that you are stupid and I'm gonna hit you if you continue like this. So this fan uh, put the the video on Twitter for having more. More hate for for Enrique Mas, but the the answer of the of the Twitter people was the opposite and go with with Enrique Mas and and to, now there is no there is this account is is delayed and you you can't uh, find the video on on Twitter. Yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, it's weird because he came third in that stage, way better than I expected, and. It's curious, like, what is the general, maybe before this welter, not people literally abusing him after the race, but what has been the theme of Enric Mas or the typical things people think of him, like Spanish journalists? Because I see some of it, it's like he never attacks, he's too defensive, that sort of, is that generally like he's he doesn't live up to what Contador was? Just the story of Henrik Mas started when he was racing in, in quick step, when he won a stage in in Italia and in the same year he did uh, second in the overall of La Vuelta, I think it was in 2018. And in this year it was a a big cyclist, big fan of every everyone was fan of Henrik Mas because he he was a a happy uh, Rider, no, he was all attacking every day, and it was a, a, a an amazing, no, rider for everyone. But after this, uh, he became an other cyclist, I think, because the pressure, no, he has a lot of pressure because he started in the uh, Alberto Contador team in Fundación Contador, and uh, every media said after doing second in the Vuelta that he could became the new Alberto Contador, no? And I think uh, this situation put a lot of pressure on, on himself. And after this, he signed a contract with Movistar and he became other cyclists, no? Very, very sad, uh, very calm, never attack. I don't know, Contador was always attacking, but still, even so, last year, he came second in La Vuelta. On Movistar, lost to Roglic. I thought that's a really good result. I thought that was he even attacked Roglic on Velafique. Like he was attacking. And what's curious to me is, like, I look at 
take for an example Stephen Kreuzweig or Wilco Kelderman, maybe quite similar riders in their peaks, like quite they follow the pace, they're consistent, you know, they get second to fifth GC results in World Tour racing, they don't win so many races. Dutch fans don't hate on Stephen Kreuzweig or Wilco Kelderman, like Kreuzweig in particular, like very popular. And so I wonder if it's like a, is it a cultural thing that the, the Spanish fans want an attacking rider or Contador has set like the expectation that they'll be very attacking, but Valverde doesn't attack ever. So I don't know. It's, I don't know why Musk gets, gets all the criticism. Um, I think it's just, yeah, Spanish GC guy on a Spanish team. Do you think it's like, is the comparison you say when he was on Quickstep attacking, is that kind of like Juan Ayuso now? Everyone's saying Juan Ayuso, Carlos Rodriguez, wow, wow, wow. But Rodriguez could turn into be a very defensive rider, 60, 62 kilograms as well. Yeah, for sure. But I, I don't know. Uh, Movistar team for the last three years, he, he it's it's been down, no? He left very, very good riders like Nairo Quintana, I don't know, Andrea Amador, Castro Viejo, Mikel Landa, and Carapaz, this Carapaz and, and more and more. <laughs> and this became an, an environment to, to to be a, I don't know, a not big, uh, a small team, no? And this is, I think, this situation is also bad for Enrique Mas because he's becoming also uh, smaller than than the wood rider like, like he is no like, like you say i think Enrique Mas is <laughs> as better as we call Kermen Delmar or, or more no but uh, i think in spain it's important to attack no and and to be something if you attack and you don't want it's okay but but if you don't attack if you don't want is is a is bad for the fans valverde is uh, a hero because even if never attacks, he won. And this is it's incredible no, for, for him. And I, I, I'm looking at this Vuelta and I'm thinking if Movistar want to get the most points possible, I think Mars beating Remco is going to be very, very difficult. But second is looking good. But there's the time trial against Roglic on tomorrow. And yesterday... Mas followed Avonapol and he admitted himself afterwards he shouldn't have followed him. He should have done his own rhythm and it cost him time. And Ayuso actually came and then uh, took some time. So even on, how do you say, Colau Fanquaya, their new climb on stage eight, I feel like Mas, and you, it's crazy to see this, but he almost attacked, at the end attacked Remco. I feel like he wanted to make a point that he would attack Remco on stage eight, um, even though it almost cost him a second. But what what's the sentiment in Spain at the moment about Movistar and the relegation battle? Is it like is it very negative? Is it hopeful? Because I saw the tweet the other day from the team saying believe in this team after Aaron Baru won Limousin. What's the feeling at the moment? For Spanish cyclists, it will be a disaster, no? If if Movistar less World Tours listens for next year, no? It's a very very aggressive battle between Lotto, Sudan, and, and Movistar because Israel is is far away from these two teams. But uh, 
people I think is is hope to to have a week match in the podium of Madrid and has these points, these UCA points because it, it will be very important for for Movistar. But uh, it's going to be very close between these two teams until Lankawi. No, it's going to be the, the last race of of the season. But people I think is uh, is with hope to to have next year Movistar in in world in world tour. Because if, if they go down, that means La Vuelta has to invite Movistar as a wild card. Yeah. It's a then... problem also because this is the only world tour team in, in Spain for, for many years, no? And there and there are four uh, pro teams behind Movistar at this Cajarural, Euskaltel Ken Pharma and Burgos and one of these teams is out of, of La Vuelta for, for this year and if Movistar would uh, lose the license for, for, for next year, it's going to be two teams out, out of La Vuelta and it will be very, very with a lot of problems for, for having the sponsors for the next couple of years. I do think, I think there are too many pro teams in Spain. I think four is too many and even in French cycling, I think there's too many because if you mainly because those pro the Spanish pro teams do not perform as well as a Uno X maybe, and I feel like if you consolidated the talent and Asperen uh, Garcia you had them all on the same team, I know there's from different regions, but maybe the team could then get better results and attract better riders. I don't know. Like if if one of the pro teams was really good. Does Carlos Rodriguez go there while he's doing university instead of any else? I don't know. Is that is there a concern at the moment that it's great that Oyuso and Rodriguez are doing well, two young Spanish guys, twenty one and nineteen, but they're not on Movistar. Does it matter to the fans that they're not on Movistar, or as long as a Spanish young rider is doing well, it doesn't matter? Yes, this is the problem of Movistar, no? Because uh, there are good Spanish riders, good young Spanish riders with a lot of talent, no? Doing very uh, interesting things from from junior and until today, no? That we are seeing that they are they are one of the top five uh, riders in La Vuelta today. We're gonna see because it's their, their first three weeks uh, race for. Juan Ayusa from Carlos, and this is a problem from Vistar, no? Because they, I don't know if they have the money to to catch them for for next year. But maybe the problem is the, the environment of the team, no? That he's the team is becoming, like I said, uh, not top level, a world tour level team, no? And the Spanish young riders prefer to go. To Ineos, to UAE, or, or or Jumbo, no, because they are very very big teams, bigger, even more bigger than than Movistar, and I think they they think that they're gonna uh, will become greater riders if they are in these teams and not in Movistar. And there's actually no pressure on Ayuso at UAE. It's even though he's the maybe. The best 19-year-old climber ever, best teenage climber ever, like he's done better numbers than Remco did when he was 19. 
yesterday. Like Ayuso's performance yesterday was completely insane. But Pagach is on that team. Almeida's on that team. Even Soler's probably on more money than Ayuso. And so there hasn't really been – he came into this Vuelta with no pressure. If he just lost loads of time and went for sta- stage in the breakaway, no one would care. But if he was on Movistar, like the pressure would be a lot more. Even the Rodriguez, people probably thought, oh, he'd be a domestique for Carapath. But then there's less pressure sort of on the big teams, which is kind of the opposite of what you would think. Whereas if you get paid the big money, this is what happened to Enrique, comes from quick step, big contract, the one guy, well, <laughs> you better not crash out of Basque country or come, you know, he, he would have come, I think, third in Basque country this year because he was he dropped Remco and Krabalin. Arate, I think he drops people, but he crashed. Torreno, he crashed. And then all the points are out the window and, yeah. But he's dealing well with the pressure in the Vuelta. I hope he keeps it up. What do you think, what do you think is the future form of his star? It sounds like you... I'm in the sense where you, you you think they've stagnated, like nothing has changed too much for a long time. Same people, still Bala there, although it's La Ultima Bala. What do you think is going to happen next year? If, say they stay up, let's assume they don't get relegated. What do you think happens? I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, three years ago, uh, Movistar did a, a change in the performance team with the with the with the boss that, that today is Pachi Villa, no in performance team head head of performance and in these three years I don't know the results they are they aren't good and still <laughs> being bad this this year in in my opinion because they only won one World Tour race a stage race that it, it was in Dauphiné and Carlos Verona so for for next year, I think they will they will do a restructure in the in the team, not only in the riders, and change the the idea of the team. No, because uh, for me, the the best the best problem of the of the Movistar that they are racing like they they had the the new Indurain in the team. No, like like every every two the France we we saw on TV that they are racing for for the GC, even if they ha- they hadn't. A good rider for being in the on the podium, no, in the last stage. So with the money of of Valverde, I think you can uh, sing good riders, but good riders for 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 win a stage. Even if you do you race in in France, in Italy, in Spain, but for for winning because Movistar need to win races as soon as possible and to and to start growing up again to be a, one of the you know top 10 top five uh, world tour teams uh, next year in 2023 thanks sergio for joining on the rest day um and yeah we might speak later maybe before to lankawi if the fight is still on there uh, thanks for listening to the podcast as always big tt tomorrow big time gaps expected remco is going to extend that lead most likely on enric mass and just about every gc contender the question is what can roglic bring he hasn't lost a tt in spain in quite a long time we'll be back as normal with the recap of that stage and yeah how will Ayuso and Rodriguez go? That's something I don't really know. They've never done a TT this important in their whole careers. But until then, ciao. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.